On today's call, John and I discuss John's fiance fed an AI a bunch of articles I had written and then had it generate new articles based on those. John reads me the morbid article it generated while trying to be me. Quite funny. Since John has stock in Airbnb, I ask him how he feels about them going public next year. I really admire how he's remarkably stoic in thinking about business things he can't control. John pitches me on joining a new hobby of his in drone racing, which is really just Star Wars pod racing in 2019. Awesome. The clever advertisements we've both seen recently and new progress on projects from the both of us. All right, let's begin. Hey, John. Hey, Marshall. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I've got a cold, so I'll try to leave the uh, coughing to a minimum, but forgive oh, me. No. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, pretty good. We're, uh, we literally close on our house tomorrow. We move tomorrow. So I'm in like a, a sea of boxes right now surrounding me. What, how are you? Uh, how are you guys doing the move? Do you do you have movers? Yeah, yeah. We we've got two. I think yeah, two guys booked for tomorrow to move our apartment. Um, and then I mean, we have like a one bedroom apartment with like a couch and TV, not a ton of stuff. And then we uh, ordered a bunch of new furniture that'll all get delivered. So should be pretty easy. Cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you know how. Uh, if the movers pull any interesting pricing <laughs> tactics. Yeah, any interesting cons that you sort of are aware of but can't get out of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, send me pictures of your new office when you start setting it up too. I want to check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do. I'm excited to have a space and not just work at my uh, kitchen bar stool area or have to go to WeWork. It'd be nice. Yeah, I always watch your uh, your stopwatch videos and see you in your your old loft apartment as your whole like work studio. I'm always jealous. Looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, I really like having dedicated workspace. Definitely missed that when I was living in Denver. Yeah, it, it's just so much easier to get into a, like a flow state when you're like, okay, I'm here to work. This isn't like where I also eat lunch and dinner and entertain myself and <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, I've got your uh, Christmas card from Smeetly from you and Allison. <laughs> cool, cool. Mostly, mostly Allison's work, but I'm happy to take some credit for it. For uh, everyone that obviously can't see it, it's John has a dog named Smeetly that's like, he's, he's a character and it's a, a funny photo of him with, I guess, Frank. Oh, he's got antlers. I didn't even realize. He has antlers, yeah. yeah. He has antlers. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, all right, that was actually a nice segue. I'm going I'm to use that as an opportunity to segue into the first thing I want to talk to you about. Nice. So, Alison, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't even have cough and I'm coughing. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, Alison has, has, you know, just started this new job a few months ago. She's been doing, I think I've, I've tried to explain what the job is or what the company does on yeah, the podcast before, like but... Tracking, uh, like, papers and patents and like finding yeah it's yeah. like finding insights on like the data set being every published scientific paper ever yeah, just yeah. seems like a really cool data set to be working with anyway so she she was messing around with some machine learning stuff at her job um okay and have have you seen those memes where it's like 
I forced an AI to watch like 10,000 hours of Seinfeld and then I got it to like write a Seinfeld episode and it's like really bad, but also really hilarious. (laughs) Like it, it like, you know, doesn't quite make sense, but also somehow captures the essence of the thing that it was trying to capture the essence of. Have you seen those? Yeah, it's been a while, but I I remember there was a bunch of them for a bit. I did. So here's, here's what I, I have something for you. Okay. Um, Alison forced an AI to read all of your blog posts and uh, the AI has uh, basically tried to write a blog post for oh, you. Oh my God. Like on, on my personal site, all the ones yeah. on there. Oh God. Yeah. So I'm going to read you um, <laughs> a blog post that oh. an, an AI version of, of you wrote. I'm covering my face because this is going to be... <laughs> It's going to like pick up all my, my writing ticks and everything. <laughs> Dude, it is so funny. It's like, I don't know how, like I, I should preface this a little bit. Like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but also you can tell it's you. Like you're in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, this should be good. So, okay. So I, I, it lasts about two minutes. So I'm just going to read the whole thing from beginning to end. Okay. Okay. Um, also, I want to stress this is a work of fiction. And um, especially to any of your family members who might be listening, and I'll, you'll you'll understand why um, once I hit the end. There's a very jarring end to this. <laughs> okay, all right, okay, okay. So here's the title. This is what your blog post is about: showing you how I cut up and organically produced my own food made from rice. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's what the, that's what the blog post is about. And dude, the first line of this had me cracking up. The first sentence. I was like, oh my God, this is so martial. Okay, here we go. AI blog post written by an AI that we trained to to act like Marshall. I was fortunate enough to have a thriving e-commerce business. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna it's gonna I'm gonna just try and blast through this because it's gonna take forever. An income source that used to come from Jamie, hope returns income from her husband. This year, this year, I decided to take things online and started working on a blog. This plan was met with mostly skepticism from the backers, customers, and employees we entrusted to us. For hours, we were in the idea stage, debating if we should try new ideas or refine the idea. Eventually, the larger question became, how large would it take to make? But some of this doesn't make any sense. The answer was eight hours per day or about 30 hours per week of my time each month. Each month, I launched a new five-figure e-commerce business that I <laughs> that I expect we are going to lose money on. I de- I designed the first Peel Shop prototype shortly after the Kickstarter finished for Peel. The product was supposed to solve one problem, but instead, shortages and delays. We felt horrible. We had some hard times that needed to be managed while being stuck in limbo on manufacturing. My employees were complaining about not being given enough time to care for the animals. Making sure everything was perfect was our mantra. Don't know where that one came from. <laughs> when, when production finished, it was our time to make our bed. The challenge for us was to get it to line up. Our first order was for 800 rucksacks and 800 buttons, but we, but we weren't sure how accurate they would be. It was our fault that caused the slow cooker spiral. I think that's a reference to the, uh, the article being about rice, remember? Oh, yes, um, of course. So, and now you, you, you listed out four bullet points which don't really make much sense, but here are the four bullet points. My first physical product, I wasn't sure what was possible. Yep. My gut reaction was to try everything. I even tried dentures. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, 
I'd put them on people's legs. They would wake them up and put them on alert for any unforeseen delays. Bit weird. After some unforeseen back and forth clarifications, the prototype, the prototype started to look like problems. The dimensions were too large, causing them to be too flimsy. Full disclosure, I co-own a building in downtown St. Louis filled with apartment keycard points. When it sold for $29,000 and ended up one of the better credit card points in St. Louis, <laughs> we were in too deep with them. Sadly, the new owner we sold emoji masks to, my parents, were killed in a bomb attack. <laughs> oh and that's God. the end. That's the end. What? I told you the end was jarring. What? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> so interesting. How, like, I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, how, how do you, like, is there some program that they wrote where you just, like, feed it content and it spits out? Like, do you give it, like, parameters to spit out or is it just, like, go write something fresh? So I, um, Take this with a pinch of salt because I didn't actually do this. I'm getting this secondhand from Allison. But yeah, there's, there's, you, you give it data as an input source. So in your case, it was just all of your blog posts. Um, and then there's a few, a few sort of variables you can tweak. Like you can, I think it's like up the randomness, you know, because like I, when she first tried it, it was basically piecing together complete sentences that you had written just in a different order, which like, was kind of funny, but also like wasn't that interesting. Yeah. So once 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 she upped the randomness a bit, it started to like mix in the sentences. And, and yeah. But there's a few of them. A few of them I was like, yep, that's Marshall. That is Marshall. <laughs> yeah, but um, where where does it pull the the bombing? God. Apparently apparently they use as sort of like a supplemental data source, just to like train it on like what's normal apparently it uses reddit comments as like a, a sort of supplemental input source so i think some of that stuff comes from there um like I, we did she did one on me and it was talking about is this, there was some line it was something like like daily booth became porn hub or something like that. And I was like, what? Like, where did you get Pornhub from? I don't remember, like, blogging about Pornhub. Yeah. But yeah, apparent, apparently, yeah, that was, like, something that was pulled from Reddit. But I see. Yeah. That's a pretty f- interesting, though. Yeah. Like, it's just funny. It goes to a dark place. Like, right, just cold turkey. Just doesn't even lead up to it. Just, and then ends. <laughs> yeah, so I also... It actually spat out like way more than that. I had to really trim it down because it was it was like it wouldn't have been that interesting to read out on the podcast. So I basically like <laughs> went through and just like trimmed trimmed out all the sort of like non interesting stuff and then and then yeah, just like just kept all the good stuff. So the t- I think I think it's pretty good. <laughs> the title is showing you how I cut up and organically produce my own rice. Is that what it was? Um, uh, close. Showing you how I cut up and organically produce my own food. Made from rice. Uh, yeah. I, I gotta write an article like that and see what I Dude, can come up with. That's what I was thinking. Like that would be fun. Just like a fun experiment. Just just sort of start like dribbling out a few of these like a few of these articles that you didn't actually write. Just like the AI wrote, <laughs> and just and just see, just see if anyone like you know is like, oh, this is a good article. This is interesting. Or, just see what happens. Yeah. See if I get some weird calls from like family and friends. Like you, you okay? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. I, I, there's a name for this, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like 
there's, I think there was a few services popping up that would do this, but the idea was you can sort of create a trigger for when you die. So it's like, like you obviously can't, like once you're dead, you can't be like, okay, I died now. I'm going to update all my profiles to say that I'm dead. Like obviously that doesn't work. Yeah. So you can, you can sort of say some trigger where it's like, okay, if I don't respond to an email for like a year, I'm, I'm probably dead kind of thing. And then kind, kind of like how, if, if this, then that works, you can be like, all right, if I'm dead, and this is the trigger I'm deciding on. Then you know you can send out this tweet, send out this this Facebook post, like do all do all sorts of stuff. It's interesting to think about once you die, basically just like <laughs> training an AI to just like keep doing what you had been doing <laughs> your whole life, <laughs> like, keep sending out tweets that just gradually make less and less sense over, <laughs> over the over the years. Yeah. Interesting. So, something to consider. I'll, I'll send you the full text if you want to read through it after Please. the podcast. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty good. I have to read this uh, my family. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I love that they're the buyers of emoji masks, but they died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they died in a bomb attack. Oh, there was one part I cut out just in the interest of saving time yesterday. I think it got this from emoji masks. It was talking about how something was poopy. <laughs> it was like something something went wrong and it went poopy. And I was like, oh, all right, that's probably related to emoji masks. That's funny. Um, yeah, so um, I'll I'll figure out what it was that she used to do this, and then I'll I'll chuck the link in the show notes if anyone if anyone wants to play around and, and do this for their friends as like a, a unique, interesting Christmas present. <laughs> oh, the, like there's the program is somewhere that I could access and feed it things. I think I think so. Yeah, oh, I think cool. So. That's fun. Yeah. AI is so funny. Like, I mean, obviously, we don't truly have like AI of like the movies and like this real thing that'll learn. Everything's kind of just like inputs and outputs. But, oh, man. I don't know, dude. It's kind of hard to kind of argue with the quality of the article I just read to you. (laughs) Fair enough. I'll give you that. Yeah. (laughs) I just got one of those robot vacuums. The Roomba. And, oh, cool. Uh, like the first version, it truly just like randomly bumps into things. And eventually, sure, it'll like get to everywhere and find its way home back to its charging base. But it's just yeah. like painful to watch. Like it would, it would honestly just like give me anxiety. <laughs> it's like, you remember the, the screensaver on like old CRT TVs that would like bounce around <laughs> yeah. the corners and you just kind of yeah. like, or you're like hoping it gets that one corner and you're always watching. Like it felt like that. Like, oh, please just, I'm like watching a, a piece of like a lint on the ground and it's like keeps missing it. <laughs> it does sound kind of stressful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's self-induced. I was just like, all right, this, this is stupid. I'm, I'm moving on. But yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's like be smarter. Like you're doing this really stupidly. Yeah. <laughs> We we actually exchanged it, got like the better one that that literally like sweeps and goes in like lines, like you would like mow a lawn, just back and forth, back That's and forth. Cool. Yeah. Do me do me a favor. Tell me, give me like an update in like six months of the year if you're still using it. I, I've been through a couple of those, and I actually still have one, but I haven't oh, really? used it for like. I mean, I left it here when we moved to Denver, and it's still here. It hasn't been touched the entire time. So but I think it's I think it's one of the older ones. Could you set it on a schedule or do you have to like remember to turn it on? I I set it on a schedule. I think the reason why I stopped now that I'm thinking about it. So I have, I have uh, my bed is on two, uh, whatever they're called, uh, pallets. Oh yeah. So there's like a space under there that's like 
kind of hard to get into as a human, but like it's kind of possible to sort of scoo up there and get stuck if you're a robot. And I, that's exactly what happened. I, I came back and I was like, the robot's gone. <laughs> like, like the robot was scheduled to do something and it's gone. And for a while I thought like, maybe it like snuck out, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, not on purpose, obviously, but like, you know, I just opened the door, wasn't paying attention. It just like, just happened to be like shooting that direction as the door was closing. But no, it was just stuck under the bed and it was really hard to get. And yeah, the other time I had one was in San Francisco and we had these like, um, blinds with long strings yeah. And it would just hang itself on the strings every time. Oh, and it would, we'd come home and it would be like, just trying to like stay alive, you know, just like, just hanging on in there. But it's really like, <laughs> really mess itself up. Yeah. But I think these are all older versions of it. I'm, I'm sure it, it's like, it's going to be a point where they actually become really good. I feel like. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we have the same issue. It all the time will get tangled up in one of the bath mats in the bathroom and then, which like those are super loose and there's not like a grippy pad or anything. And they're kind of thick and, you know, I can, I can understand that. But we have like really, really low rugs in the living room and kitchen. And I thought it would be totally fine. Like there's not much uh, thickness to them. And it just keeps getting caught in this one corner and it's just getting worse and worse. What's interesting though is like I, they are getting better. Like you'll see it. Like it knows it's stuck and it'll like try different things and will like try to back out and like take different angles. Mm. And I think the wheels can also be like raised and lowered and it'll it'll like do that while turning. Like it'll really fight. It's interesting. But <laughs> yeah, I mean it oftentimes like Jamie will get a notification that, you know, it's stuck and it's turning off. Yeah. It's it's almost more trouble than it's worth, I think. Like if you don't have rugs, I think they probably work really well. What does Pancha think of it? <laughs> Surprisingly, she's been okay. Like she's a little, mm. you know, uneasy about it, but she doesn't like freak out and bark at it or run away. It kind of just like goes by her and she kind of like stops and like lets it go by and do its thing and, you know, we'll walk the other way. But yeah, she was way better than I thought. Mm. Oh man. Yeah, please send me the uh, AI thing. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, that'd be good. So, uh, are you seeing Star Wars? Do you plan to see the new Star Wars movie? Because it comes out t- technically today, but officially tomorrow. This is this is like a, a narrative that everyone in my Twitter feed is like talking about or like buying into, like has an opinion on, but something that is just totally passing me by. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I'm not paying any attention to it. I didn't, I don't even know like what the movie is or what the significance of it is or anything. Oh. So fill me in. That's right. I remember seeing episode seven and that's when I learned you basically never really followed Star Wars much. Yeah, man. It's, it's basically, it's the final movie of three trilogies. So there was the original one that mm. came out in the seventies and eighties, which is technically episode four, five and six. And then, George Lucas went back in the 90s and made, or maybe the 2000s, whatever, made uh, episode one, two, and three, which, you know, are the kind of precursor in the story and everything happens in order. And then he got so much backlash for episode one, two, and three. Like four, five, and six is beloved. That's why Star Wars is like a pop culture thing. 
Then, you know, 20 or 30 years later, he decides to make the prequels. And I mean, as a kid, I thought they were great. As an adult, I see the flaws with them, but they're still entertaining movies in my opinion. But basically got so much flack for them. And I think just kind of whatever. He had made his money. He was a billionaire, I think, already. And was just kind of done with like the public backlash. So he sold Lucasfilm to Disney, you know, like, I don't know, five years ago. Yeah. And then they, you know, plan to make another trilogy, which is continuing seven, eight, and nine. And so this is nine is about to come out. Okay. Which will wrap up like the whole saga of all nine movies. It's like 40 years of movies in the making, which I, I honestly have so much anxiety for as a fan. Like, I don't know. It, the early reviews are, are mixed. So we'll see. But I'm stoked to see it. Are there going to be any more or is this going to be the last one? So, I mean, it's a business, right? So, like, there's definitely going to be more movies. But mm. this will be the... They, they're now calling it, like, the Skywalker saga. It's about the whole Skywalker family. Mm. Like, if you've, you've seen some of them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we watched okay. a couple, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, Luke and... Anakin and Darth Vader and his nephew, like that is kind of all the Skywalker family. And it, it all surrounds uh, them. But the last two or three years, they came out for the first time with like Star Wars stories. They had one called Rogue One and another, uh, the story of Han Solo. So I think going forward, they need to like create a whole new storyline just in the same universe if there's going to be I don't know, a path forward, if that makes sense. They need to like break away from this same family that, you know, the movies have been following, which mm. I think is going to be real. Like, the, honestly, the next movie, whatever the next movie is, nothing's been announced. That will be probably one of the most important ones that comes out that really like sets the future. To be like, like new characters, new story. Yeah. Everything new, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what they have to do. Whether or not they do that, yeah. I don't know. Well, cool. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's a crazy 72 hours for me. <laughs> like, I've had Star Wars blocked on my calendar for months. And then uh, <laughs> our closing date is also tomorrow. And, of course, moving and all that and packing. So, it's nuts. Are you watching it tomorrow? Does it come out tomorrow? So, officially, tomorrow's the release date, but... They uh, they have showings the night before, which always used to be midnight showings. And I think that was like the loophole. But now like you can see it at 7 p.m. tonight, the day before it, come, oh. before it comes out, which I don't really, I don't know. It's like Black Friday extending more and more and more. They just keep, you know, it's like, yeah, it comes out on Friday, but you can see it like 12 hours <laughs> before that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, let me, let me, let me know how it is. Yeah, I, like, I probably should watch it just because it's like such a significant like cultural artifact that I just feel like I have to watch it, you know? Yeah, it's such a big part um, of pop culture. I mean, yeah. I think at the end of the day, just because I'm like a huge Star Wars fan, I'll like it and won't be a very good critic of it. But yeah, it's... Oh, who cares? Yeah. That's good. I, I, I wish I was where you were, <laughs> you know, like I wish I could just like enjoy myself, like enjoy myself, enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I can. I'll try. <laughs> yeah. You should make sure you've seen seven and eight before you see this, if you haven't. Okay. I think I saw seven. I don't think I ever saw eight. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, I, maybe I did. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, it, that actually does give me 
quite a good segue to one of the other things I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, I have a, a new hobby I want to tell you about. Yes. These are always um, fun. Yeah. This this is, dude, I think this is the best hobby. I, I actually do. I think this is objectively the best hobby. And I think my my goal of this pitch is 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 really to get you into it. Okay. Because um, I'm like a hobby buddy. And really anyone else that's listening, if this sounds interesting, just do it. Let's do it. Let's uh let's let's do this hobby together. <laughs> All right, let me tell you what it is. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you what it is, and then you'll probably be like, oh, okay, like that sounds interesting. And then I'm gonna explain why it's really amazing. Okay. So I'm assuming you have, but have you heard of drone racing? You you can see the Star Wars connection now. Ah, yep. Yeah, like they they wear the the headset, right? Isn't that like one of the key things where they can yeah, like see so the drone view? Exactly, Marshall. So basically, so anyone doesn't know, this, this thing has been popping up the past couple of years. Like I think drones have hit this nice sort of inflection point. I mean, inflection is the wrong word, but this nice sort of period where they don't cost very much and they're absolutely insane. <laughs> so like you can buy an insane drone, like an insane racing drone, for under 300 bucks with some caveats. Um, and it's actually like, it can win races. Like it can win like professional drone races for the cost of 300 bucks. Wow. So compared to any other like racing sport, like motorbike, Formula One, like any, anything, like you, you crash. One, it's like kind of really dangerous. And two, if you crash, like, like if me and you wanted to get into racing, Marshall, I'm sure you know more about this than I do, but you probably really wouldn't want to crash. <laughs> One, because it would be really dangerous. And two, it would be really expensive probably if you crashed a car and then, you know, it's like, okay, well, now I have to start another few e-commerce businesses to like, you know, get back into this. Um, yeah, so I, anyway, can, that's what, I can that's, tell you all about uh, the cost of racing. But yeah, ca- carry on. Okay, cool. So that, that's that's one part of it. It's like, I've, I've known about drone racing for a while, but I just assumed that, like the kinds of drones they were using as sort of like the Formula One car equivalent, like, you know, like thousands and thousands of dollars, like crazy, crazy tech. That's actually not true. You can do it for like 300 bucks. So that's the first thing. The second thing you've already touched on is, yes, you 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 do it from first person. So think about that for a second. You, you put on these goggles, they're, you, they're sort of like VR goggles, but with no motion tracking. So you just sort of stand there with these like goggles on. Then you have this, this controller, it looks like a, I mean, you can get all sorts of different ones. The one I have looks like a like a remote controlled car like thing, like a big, big, big thing with loads of buttons on it. Um, but yeah, when you're flying, you're flying from first person. So it's 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 like you're flying, dude. It's like you're flying around. Think of that. That's cool. Think of yeah. that. That's wild. It's like it's literally like creative mode. In Minecraft, <laughs> like you, 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 you can you can just move around. You have like total control to move around in three D space and do whatever you want. And the stuff that you can do in these drones, dude, it's unbelievable. Like how quick you can go, how maneuverable you can be. It's insane. And like, the other thing is, well, sorry, well, uh, I was going to ask. ask they're way more uh, quick and like snappy, maneuverable, maneuverable than. Uh, like those DJI Mavic drones and Spark drones we've had, right? Like they're super Dude. fast. I'm assuming those are smooth just because you're trying to film something and it exactly. needs to look good. Okay. Yeah, the design for photography. Um, 
that's the thing. Not only are they better than, than the Mavericks or whatever, I think they're better than literally anything else. Like in terms of speed and maneuverability. Like you, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy, the stuff that you can do. And not only are you doing it, you're doing it in first person. It's literally like pod racing in Star Wars. Only, it only costs 300 bucks to start doing it. And you can't die unless you like fly it into yourself or something, which wouldn't be recommended. But yeah, dude, like, also we could, we could, uh, as a side effect of just like doing this and it just being like insanely fun to like fly around in first person and fly through the air like a bird, you get, like you strap a GoPro to it and you get this like insane footage. Like I'm not even just talking like drone, like drone footage is already insane, but the, the kinds of stuff that you can do, like one of the things that I've, I've really enjoyed watching on YouTube is there's this concept of like, there's probably a name for it, which I don't know, but there's this concept of like flying through a really small gap. Yeah. Like it's the same in Star Wars. Like there's this, there's that part, part in Star Wars where like probably Anakin or whoever like has to go on his side to get through this little cliff gap because otherwise he wouldn't have made it and the guy behind him like crashed. That's real life now, Marshall. That's a thing that we could actually do. That is cool. So anyway, like the people just like fly around. Again, it sort of feels like you're flying like a bird, like, find some like little gap and then be like, all right, I'm just going to like turn around and just like try and take a huge run up and like fly through this gap at like a hundred miles an hour. And it's so fun. Like it's so exciting. How fast do these things actually go? Uh, Yeah, I think they go more than a hundred miles an hour. Whoa. Yeah. At like top, top, uh, whatever, top speed. I think what's usually what's more likely is it's smaller courses that it's more about like, yeah, the maneuverability rather than just like bombing it in one straight line for like right. really far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, absolutely, absolutely insane. The other interesting thing is, so the, the caveat I mentioned, it's like 300 bucks for the drone, a couple of caveats being headset separate, obviously that's like another 300 bucks or something. You have to get like a camera that you mount on the drone. Um, and that's sort of like separate to the drone itself. So you could actually like, <laughs> this is sort of something I wanted to talk to you about, actually. Like, my when I first sort of fell on this hole, I was like, for a few days, I couldn't talk about anything else. Like, any person I met, I'd be like, dude, have you realized that this is a thing that you can do? Like, <laughs> why are we doing this right now? Why don't we just go and like do this? <laughs> um, and I was like, dude, this, this would be an amazing, or my mind first went to it being like, potentially this would be a good sort of like, like, uh, sort of experience type thing. Like you could turn this into a business and like have a physical location and like people come and like fly like a bird. But I was thinking like, well, it's actually, they'll probably just crash it. So that's probably not the best idea. However, I think, I think we could find some like old building or something in downtown St. Louis, Mm -hmm. basically build an RC car course so like, you know, because it's much smaller, you can, I think, do all sorts of like crazy stuff because, you know, it would be a lot cheaper to do something at that scale than it would at the scale of a full-size car. And then you basically just like do this concept, but you uh, do it with remote control cars and people can like come and they like, if they sit down in the thing, like it feels like they're racing. It, they, they look first person through this course. They can like race around. The other interesting thing is you could probably even do it remotely. You know, like it could even be like something like an app in the, uh, like the quest app store or something like maybe like a, like a $5 in-app purchase. You can actually like embody this physical car that's entering in like a physical race that's actually happening in the world. 
And you could just like race around and do all sorts of crazy stuff. I think that would be so awesome. That would be crazy. Yeah, like um, the, I wonder how much lag there is like doing something like that over over the internet, like remotely. Yeah, not, not sure. And I should also say, as enthusiastic as I am about this right now, I haven't actually done it yet. <laughs> I had to, I had to, like the way that you do it, you have to like basically build the drone or at least that's, that's how they recommend you do it. Um, and do you I, have to buy all these different parts. Is it a kit or so do you have to like price it out and buy all the um, pieces? I'd say somewhere in the middle. Like okay. I, I found a couple of guides where it's like, okay, like here's a guide to build it from beginning to end. Here's all the parts you should buy, like the exact links to buy everything. Like, and then here's like a, you know, a three hour guide just to go through step by step and just, just follow it. And it doesn't actually seem that bad. I'm a little bit intimidated by it because there's a couple of, uh, like you got to do some soldering and stuff like that. But I watched a whole, uh, a whole build guide on YouTube, just like threw on in the background and it, it really didn't look too bad. So I'm going to at least uh, give it a go. I'm still waiting for some of the stuff to arrive, but it's already sort of slowly starting to take over my apartment. Cool. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Definitely consider it. It's the kind of thing we could, we could just like meet in the middle between St. Louis and, and, and Texas and just like, have a race in a field or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you uh, you had me at the positioning of it's it's basically pod racing in 2019. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean that yeah, man. Star Wars Episode One came out when I was like ten or something, and I just ate that movie up. I just thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. I've definitely seen these videos. I just didn't know how cheap it was. Like. You know, them going through these crazy abandoned buildings, just like zipping around at crazy yep. high speeds. Like it did just look like a pod race. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And that's the thing. Like it's, if you crash, like it's, in my opinion, it's in this like perfect middle ground where like you really don't want to crash, right? Because 300 bucks is still a lot of money. You don't want to just like blow 300 bucks. But also it's in this kind of sweet spot where like every so often it might be worth like, taking a bit of a risk or like doing some sort of crazy maneuver just in the off chance that you succeed and get some crazy drone go uh, go for footage <laughs> or something yeah the um, there's obviously uh, a cost to it but it's it's not horrible if you do crash that's yeah yeah it's the racing thing that you touched on earlier like motorsport racing i used to do track days with motorcycles and i mean i had a motorcycle as like my daily driver for a while and i the, my favorite bike that I ever had, like anybody in a lineup of all the bikes that I've owned, that would probably, if you had to guess, that would look like it's probably going to be the bottom of the list. So like I had sport bikes that look like, you know, race bikes you'd see on MotoGP, like, you know, 600 Yamaha, that kind of stuff. Uh, my favorite bike was, there's this genre called Supermoto, which basically guys take, you can now just buy one from a factory, but they started off where guys would take dirt bikes and then put street tires on them instead of those knobby tires for dirt, just like street slick uh, rubber tires. And I think they would maybe slightly lower them. They're still super tall and a lot of suspension travel, but I think that was the other main thing. Uh, and they end up just being super maneuverable. But the reason why I loved it is like, you could crash. I mean, I, I lost count how many times I crashed on that bike and it was just like bulletproof. Like I'd crash, mm. like I might've like bent a lever worst case, but you just pick it up and keep going. 
like no issue whatsoever. Whereas like if you, I mean, even just drop it in the driveway, any sort of like high performance bike, it's going to be thousands of dollars of, you know, damage to get it back to, to normal, let alone like crashing on a racetrack. And, and like, you know, honestly, to find the limit, like to go fast, you kind of have to find the limit of, you know, a corner and traction and like all these different things and braking. Mm. And to find the limit, like you're going to pass the limit a few times. Right. And to pass the limit, you're probably going to crash. And that was a beautiful thing is like, I just could like become so much better, so much faster uh, because I didn't have this like, oh God, it's going to be a $10,000, you know, expense if I just completely uh, wad up this corner or like, you know, like in that back of your mind, like I, I just couldn't be fast on that bike because on the, the sport bikes, because it was just this worry of the cost involved. Right. Whereas that bike, it was just so carefree. Like I would like, I would be like laughing as I'm like sliding down, <laughs> crashing. I mean, I had like full gear on, so I would never get hurt. But it would just be like, haha, like that was a ride and pick it up and keep going. So I, I can totally relate to the yeah, dude. the cost of it. Do you remember we went I'm sure you do remember this. We went uh whatever it's called, go-kart racing when yeah. I first moved to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. And remember that time like someone crashed into me? Yep, like up under your leg. Yeah, like someone yeah. So someone crashed someone crashed into me. And I feel like before that crash, I was like doing pretty well. I was like, you know, like maybe like top 10% of at least the, the people that were there in terms of like speed or like track time or whatever. And ever since that happened, I just like totally lost all my confidence. Like now I'm just like overly cautious of like everything. Like it's no longer as fun anymore because I'm just like, oh, because that wasn't my fault when someone crashed into me. It was just like someone crashed into me. Like I didn't even do anything wrong. Yeah. Um. So... The nice thing about drones is you can basically do anything you want and it doesn't, <laughs> even if you crash it like a hundred miles an hour, like into a brick wall, like, yeah, you'd have to pay 300 bucks to like replace the drone or whatever, but you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, you, it, it, you just like yeah. take off the head headset. You're like, oh, I'm good. You get some cool, gro- you know, GoPro footage out of it. <laughs> the, the, other, the other funny thing is there's all these, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to build it. There's definitely ones you can buy and, you know, just basically start flying it straight away. But one of the reasons why people recommend building is, you know, you are going to crash it. And if you know how to fix it or like at least know how to put it together, like it's much better. Like usually what happens is like one of the motors will go out or like one of something will break or something. And if you just bought the drone, it's like, okay, well, the whole drone's broken now. Like I have to send it to someone and get it fixed or like buy another one. But if you know how to do it, you can just like swap out one of the motors or whatever. The other thing that's cool there's all these different like modules you can chuck on there. So there's this one that I really want to chuck on there. It's called something like the payload dispenser. <laughs> and all it is is just like a hook that is like, you can like a, a hook with a little motor that you can wire up to the, like one of the buttons on the controller. And you can just like chuck anything on there, you know, like bucket of water or like a little note or like anything, you know? Wait, wait, and there's a motor to like retract Re- the release hook? it, oh. release the payload. Oh, you know, <laughs> how fun is that? That's good. I like that. So What's it's, the, it's like the it's like drone racing, things. but also also you can have like <laughs> like I think, this is me maybe taking some liberties because I don't think anyone is actually doing this. But in my in my head, I'm imagining kind of like a Mario Kart esque like 
battle system where everyone's carrying some sort of payload and then like, yeah, you're racing with speed, but you're also racing with like the payload and you can like, you know, drop a little green shell or something. <laughs> um, not actually like that, but I still think it's, uh, it's going to be fun to play around with. Yeah. That's cool. How, uh, wait, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh yeah. What's the distance on these things? Um, dude, I don't know. Probably about, so I, I guess I, I was talking to Dom about it, my friend Dom, because mm-hmm. um, I was like, I think this is something Dom really likes. So I sent Dom a message and he was like, yeah, I actually like got into this like a year ago. <laughs> like he sent me this box of like this drone stuff he hasn't touched, you know, in like six months. So he's like, he's like, yeah, I was right where you were. Um, and then like, you know, I got into it and I don't know, I just, it didn't never really stuck for me. But one of the things that he was having trouble with was the, like, I guess the, because there's a slight disconnect between the footage that you see, which is all GoPro footage, and the footage that people see in the goggles. And they're different cameras and they're different things, right? So you you see this amazing YouTube footage and you're like, wow, like that looks amazing. But then you actually see the footage from the camera, the, the, the goggles. And it's not, it's obviously nowhere near as crisp. It's like a bit of interference kind of thing. It's It's like not as good as you might expect it. But clearly it's still like, good enough so people can do all sorts of crazy, you know, tricks and stuff. And it's like clearly good enough. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I haven't actually done it yet. So I'll, I'll let you know once I actually build one of these things and, and take it out. Okay. Yeah. Next time I'm in St. Louis, I, if you've got any of it, I, I got to see it. Cool. It sounds fun. I, I'm in. I Sweet. Yeah. Pod racing. Cool. You got me. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we could like, it's, it, I think it's in this perfect spot now where, like it's, they're just going to get cheaper and cheaper and better and better, right? And I think more and more people are going to be turned onto this thing because you can literally fucking fly through the air. You know what I mean? Like you can literally fly through the air. This is, growing up, there was always, like people always, well not always, but I've been asked that question a few times. Like what, what superpower would you want if you could have a superpower? And mum is always flying. I've always wanted to fly. And now you can fly. I it, don't know. I, I I can't get over it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like thinking about esports and the trajectory of that, like I the things as massive as it is, the like larger public I think still thinks it's just like a joke. Like my, you know, immediate family would just be like, "What?" Like, you know, people sit around in a stadium and watch people play a video game. Right. But I mean, it's huge and yeah, it's only those taboos are only going like, to go away more and more. Um, but yeah, I, you're right. I think these are like sports of the future. Yeah. I mean, along with ball sports, like I, I don't really see those going away. I just think we'll have more sports. Right. There's definitely an opportunity to build a business around that though. Oh dude, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't know what, but yeah, definitely. seems like an exciting space. Yeah. Like there's a uh, racing simulators, like for car racing. Um, Russell and I were going down the rabbit hole. Uh, of them, Russell, you met at my bachelor party. Like you can, you know, get a nice gaming PC, uh, a VR headset, and then you know they sell like a full rig that's basically like a cockpit of a race car, and it's like a racing seat and the pedals and steering wheel and shift knobs and like the, where it gets expensive outside of just you know the basics of what you need is all the feedback that you can add of like a rumble seat mm. or things actually like moving. Uh, the feedback and like the pedals, if you're braking, whether or not there's any like resistance or if it's um, variable to like how hard you're braking, you know, all those kind of things. 
But yeah, I could. I mean, I could totally see just having a lineup of a bunch of these rigs that you sit in <laughs> that make you feel a little more racy. Yeah. But then you're just holding this controller for the drone and you throw on a headset and have people race through a warehouse or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of um, race, or maybe not race simulators, but, but drone simulators um, that you can like hook up to the goals and the controller, like logic being like, again, you're going to crash. So it's good to like learn how to fly in a simulator where you're not crashing a real drone and it still kind of feels the same. That's cool. So that's and it uses like the actual controller, not just like a yep. Xbox controller. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Same controller, same, same headset, huh. that sort of stuff. Wow. There's also a few different, a few different sort of like subcategories too. Like it's not all racing. Like a lot of people just love to just fly them. So there's a, like a freestyle, I think it's called freestyle FPV or something. FPV stands for first person view. And yeah, like some people just like, it's not about racing. It's just like, I'm just going to take my drone out and just like fly around like a bird and like scrape, you know, like get out really close to the, like the water or like fly right up to a building and then pull up like right at the last second before you crash. And the side effect of just doing it is you get this insane GoPro footage that just looks, it looks fake. It's so crazy. It's like, how... How did you do this, you know? Yeah. Um, the goggles yeah. definitely appeal to me. Like, outside of the racing aspect of it, just flying around the go- with the goggles. Because, like, you know, we had a bunch of those drones from DJI that we, you know, bought to just mess around with. And, I mean, you remember in, in Mexico, we tried to do a droney, and we're, like, huddled over this screen, and it's super bright outside, yeah. which makes for great yeah. footage, but it's, like, impossible to see the screen. And it really just takes you out of it. Where just like you know, full immersion with these goggles. That sounds sounds great, even just for the regular. It really, drone. yeah, dude. It it really is like an out of body experience. Like yeah, because obviously you put the goggles on, you start flying around, and then you can see you. <laughs> you know, like you can see you <laughs> yeah. standing there from the perspective of the drone. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It's weird. something yeah. so something so crazy about it. Okay, right. so I feel like we've been talking about that for long enough, but yeah, <laughs> get 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 into it. Uh, I'm enthused. I cool. If I don't sound it, I promise I am. It's just the cold, but cool. yeah, it sounds awesome. So okay, I I saw a commercial the other day that I just had to tell you about. I thought it was so bizarre. Uh, so Yahoo Mail. I th- I think it came on Hulu. Like I still have just the regular thing with Hulu where they show commercials. And a commercial for Yahoo Mail comes on and like, you know, Yahoo Mail has been around forever. You probably have like a a certain kind of persona of someone that uses Yahoo Mail in your head, like not someone that's super tech savvy. They're probably on Gmail, right? Yeah. Like it's like our moms are still using Yahoo Mail or something. <laughs> so I, I, I say that to where I'm taking this. So the, the commercial was, I forget what happens, but the gist of it is basically highlighting a feature that helps you find, not not remove, but helps you find all of your promotional emails in like the barrage of emails that one receives. Not to delete them, but to like find deals in them. And I was just like so blown away of like, what? And then I was thinking about it more like, honestly, it's probably genius because they know like who their, their like uh, average user is. And... Like, I think they're, like, I picture my mom and, like, or certain family members of mine, like, they're looking for, like, deals in their inbox, whereas the rest of us are, like, I have too many emails, like, this is all garbage, 
make you go away. I don't know. I, I just found it so interesting of just taking the complete opposite approach of like everyone else as far as the positioning goes. Huh. It's like highlight your spam, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, they they highlight it in, you know, a feel-good way uh, as far as how they position it of like, you know, find the deals in the haystack kind of idea is yeah. what I remember from it. But yeah, I was so like, I literally rewound it and played it again. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, huh. Interesting, yeah, right? Interesting. Oh, yeah. That is interesting. I thought you were going to say a different ad. There was an ad I have in my notes that I wanted to to talk to you about. Oh yeah, go for um, it. So I think I think you you have seen this because I saw you tweeting about it. But I guess for some context for anyone that, that didn't, there was this Peloton ad that <laughs> was released. Yeah, that was going a bit viral on Twitter. Um, you saw the original ad, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you, can you? But, What's your? Can you? Yeah, give give everyone like a bring everyone up to speed on like what it was and what was wrong with it or what people thought was wrong with it. Yeah, so I'm only, only watched it once. Basically, I think the context is it's this woman kind of like vlogging style from her phone, like it, it shows her basically like getting a Peloton like one Christmas from her her. We you're supposed to assume it's her husband or boyfriend or whatever, and. uh and then like all the next clips or her, you know, kind of acting like she's like a little nervous about getting started and, you know, like she's supposed to be out of shape or something. And, you know, day three, day 27, you know, kind of that sort of uh, story progression. And then I think the ending is like, you know, the next Christmas and she's like playing this like documentary type her documenting her progress to her husband, I think was how the, yeah. it's supposed to be taken. But it's like this fit woman, like she doesn't look overweight at all. And I think people took it as like very misogynistic and like, you know, this guy getting this piece of workout equipment for his wife. And she's like, okay, like gotta be a, you know, do my duty as a wife and <laughs> keep looking good. I think that's how people took it, which yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I think they should have run by more people before they aired it. I mean, I don't know. My take on that whole thing was like, part of it was like outrage culture, just wanting to be mad about something. Yeah. Like, yes, do I think there was a bit of uh, some tasteless ways of framing things? Yeah, but I mean, I got the point they were trying to make. Yeah, I, I thought I thought sort of the same way after I watched it. I watched it and I was like, I, 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 when I watched it, the context was, oh my God, this thing's blowing up. Like, it's so bad. Like, you got to check this out. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, you know, it's a bit, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit awkward. Like, it's a bit, you know, tone deaf maybe, but like, I've seen way worse. Oh like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's yeah. like, that's it? Yeah. You know, yeah, and then, totally agree. And, and then like, I, I, I read this thread of like people like, yeah, being outraged. And it's not like, I was like, I read it. I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Like, I didn't notice that. Like, you know, it's not like I was strongly disagreeing with anything that I was saying after like reading their criticism. I just wasn't something I initially noticed. But anyway, like, it, th- what I want to talk about is less actually the Peloton ad and more about <laughs> the follow up. The, 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 yeah. the because this is what's this is what's really interesting. So, uh, so the, the backdrop for this obviously is this was just this viral story that was everyone was talking about. Well, not everyone, you know, the tech industry at least was talking about on Twitter for like a couple of days. It was like the hot topic. It was like, you know, everyone's talking about it. This, I think it was a gin company, right? I, do you know the name of it? Yeah, uh, Aviation Gin. Ryan Reynolds yeah. Gin Company, yeah. So I just have to like bow down to this guy. Like this, this, this he like, 
this is just the ad itself that he produced was like, yeah, like whatever. But so here's, here's what he did. He, he hired the same actress for his ad. So same universe, but different company. And this is the impressive part. This happened like a couple of days later. Um, so, so he, they saw this Peloton ad. They were like, right, like we can actually run with this. We can get some mileage with this. They like somehow found the girl who was featured in the Peloton ad, like reached out. Presumably there was some kind of like complicated negotiation there. I would think, right? Like you'd think. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, not. Maybe I, not. I think, I, I'd feel pretty bad if I was in her position. Like I, it does you, kind of throw shade towards Peloton, you know? Oh, I, I think she took a, a risk in doing that for sure. Because they could have come yeah. back and been like, what the hell? Like... Why? Yeah. You know, we're suing you now. Yeah, so basically the the way the ad is framed is like, she's at the bar, she's with her two friends. And I, I, I it's been a, you know, a couple of weeks since I watched it now, and I can't remember exactly what was said, but it, you know, it's pretty, this, the atmosphere is basically implying like, you're in a bad relationship and like, we're here for you and like, <laughs> drink some of that gin and like, you know, just, it's all right. You'll be okay, kind of thing. So it wasn't really the ad that was so so good, but it was this idea that, like, continuing the narrative in a different ad in the same universe, it blew my mind, dude. I think that just that just changed the rules of online advertising. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So good. There was also like all that was impressive, but there was also some really good subtle things. Like you, you can't see her. Uh, left hand the entire commercial and then I think the friend like passes her the second drink to just like uh, you know she's like pounding down three or four drinks or whatever and she goes for it with her left hand and there's no ring on it like little things like that I have to think were all on purpose <laughs> oh god yeah it yeah it, I, I feel equal parts just like in awe and impressed and amazed and also just like, oh shit, like I have to like step up now. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like that's like, it's just, yeah, it, it, it was really, really genius. I thought yeah. that was really, really clever. I agree. I started following, like when he posted it, I think he tagged like the director or little production house that he did it with. And I started following that guy and he's had some some good ones like clearly seems like a little shop but like some really really creative ones um you know the other thing that's impressive about it yeah just super quick is that they did it in like two days yeah and like you know me and you both know this like it just takes even at like a kind of a small company with like a few people like it takes a while to like you know like discuss it like is this a good idea like how's this gonna play like okay, like, let's actually do this. Like, let's engage the firm. Like, let's think it. So much must have, I, I, it's just so impressive that it happened in like the two or three days b- b- between ads. I, I yeah. That yeah. Was they they definitely like, they used a lot of constraint uh, or restraint in filming that. Like the opening of it, I think she's just kind of like blankly staring into the camera and then it kind of like pans out and, she, you know, you see she's at the bar. Like, the way that they, you know, it's, the same girl, you know, she's like having a, a bad breakup at a bar. Yeah. Like, I mean, I posted it on Instagram and tons of people were like, what is this? Like, I don't get it. Or like, yeah. you know, anybody who hasn't seen the other or even knows the story of the other, it's going to fall flat and you've completely lost them. Right. But everyone else like, man, yeah, so good. He did another commercial recently of like, 
I think it's it's three product ads in one. He's doing an ad for like a Samsung TV. Uh, his new movie on Netflix, like the preview for it, is like playing, and then like on the TV as he's like talking about the TV, and then his like a clip of his gin company like comes in and it's kind of like oh whoops like that's lit in there and it's just like tongue-in-cheek that you know three products in one and he's like kind of just throwing it in there just because he can i don't know that guy is just so smart i yeah he's good wild the yeah i hope you see more like like you said universe building ads that span like different brands it makes me worried. Like it worries me from the perspective of like running a brand that might do an ad like this oh, that yeah. someone else could then, just like just like dunk on. And I'll have to be like, fair yeah, enough, dude. Yeah. Like fair enough. <laughs> Another thing I want to talk to you about, which we haven't really talked about much yet, and I'm sure you have interesting thoughts of or on the Cybertruck. <laughs> that yeah. happened just after our last our last podcast. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so what do you like it or do you well actually let me back up. Do you think it's ugly or do you think it's pretty? Um I feel like it's both. <laughs> yeah. I like I asked because I think it's awesome, but I think it's ugly. But yeah. like in the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's cool because it's just so funky and wild and it touches on like uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the movie. Uh, Blade Runner. It looks like something out of Blade Runner or like mm. that kind of post-apocalyptic Mad Max kind of style in a truck. Like nobody lusts after a truck ever. Like no one's been like, oh, that's a sweet looking truck. They're like, oh, it's a lifted truck or it's got, you know, can haul so much stuff and people, you know, ooh and all over that. But no one's like, that's a good looking truck. Like you would like a sports car or something. So yeah, I I think the whole thing, the way they've positioned it is really smart. Like everyone was expecting, you know, a Model 3 or a Model S look type shape in a truck form. And if they did that, like it would have been whatever. Nobody really would have paid attention. But like, man, they got the world paying attention with that that whole reveal. (laughs) Like good or bad. Like, yeah. Well, tell me more what you think though. Well, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens in terms of like how it performs in the market, you know? Yeah. Because I wasn't really paying much attention to it. Like I definitely was not in the market for a truck. I was not thinking I would ever be an owner of a truck, you know? And then it came out and it was like, I mean, my first thought was like, oh my God, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like not ne- not necessarily in a bad way, but yeah. like that is ridiculous. Like that's objectively ridiculous, right? Um and it, it took me like a few hours to, to sort of talk myself into being like, wow, like this is a thing that exists. Like this is a thing that I could actually buy. Like, wow, I could actually buy this. Like it, it, the other thing is like not that expensive either really. Like for what it is, it's like quite, quite affordable. Um, so now I, I've, I, I, I put down the $100 deposit. Oh, you did. The, cool. the, the fully refundable $100 deposit. And I am, I'm hyped for it. And yeah, like my perspective is basically like, (laughs) like I said to Alison, I feel like buying that car, buying that truck is like, 
it's a form of self-deprecating humor. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, I know there are people who are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yep. I know. It's like, I agree. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and I, 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 the way I, th- I view it is sort of like, like it's, it's, it's almost like an alternate universe. Like it's a universe. It's, it's, it aesthetically, it's what people imagine the future might be in like the seventies or the eighties or whatever. And obviously we didn't go in that direction. And there's a lot of people that <laughs> like myself included, just think that's a really cool direction to go in. So I'm, I'm viewing it more as like a sort of vote. It's like I'm voting with the money to buy one just to be like, yes, please. I want the world to go in this direction. Like, it's interesting. It's so cool. I, I saw this really cool tweet, a really interesting tweet from someone who I forget who who said it, and I'm also paraphrasing, but the general sentiment was something like, like, the fact that this exists at all is just incredible. Like, there's not very many companies, only a company with someone like Elon Musk, like a, a founder CEO who has like, you know, personality, who has clout, who can get away with doing stuff like this. Like, basically no other car company could. Well, actually, I'm curious what your thought, what your thoughts on that are, knowing a lot more about cars than I do. But it seems like no other car company would actually like, yeah, they might build some crazy like concept stuff, but it would all be like just crazy concept stuff, not something that they would actually release. So I'm just happy that it exists at all. And I'm happy that we get the opportunity to even like have the option of buying something like this. And it's awesome. Yeah, no, well said. Like, uh, I think that's why I think it's so cool is because like in the 50s or whenever, like there was this whole, uh, there was a Simpsons, or not the Simpsons, the Jetsons uh, car, like they would start designing cars and what they think they should look like in the future. And like everyone was just obsessed with what the future would look like. And I don't know, I feel like certain sci-fi movies that are like, there's a sense of somewhat realism to them. Like this could actually be what the future is like, not like Star Wars, but you know, a Blade Runner kind of thing. 200, 300, 500 years in the future. Like we're honestly in a lot of sci-fi, like we've kind of reached that point, like of what sci-fi authors and stuff have drummed up and like designs and stuff. But like, as far as, as far as what technology can do, a lot of that's not possible. You know, like movies that we saw as a kid, they would talk to each other on like tablets and stuff. Like we have FaceTime, things like that. But the aesthetic of things is still just like, just kind of vanilla and practical and not like wild and out there. And how, uh, like honestly that, that truck looks just like the car in that new video game that's coming out called Cyberpunk 77. It looks like the yep. truck version of the car that the guy drives around. Like I'm sure they were inspired by that thing amongst many other uh, inspirations. But yeah, man, like someone to start putting us in that direction or at least make this feel less like weird, you have to just do it. And I totally agree. Like any other car company, like someone was arguing with me about like, oh, like te- you're acting like Tesla is the first one that's ever come out with like, you know, blocky design. Like they didn't invent blocky design. Like get over yourself. I'm like, that's not, you're missing the point. Like, and every car that someone references was made by an exotic car manufacturer. It was like, you know, a prototype car from Aston Martin, a prototype car from uh, the DeLorean company, like prototype car or, or a, you know, Lamborghini Countach or like all these things that are, 
they're supposed to be exotic looking, not from right. a company that makes cars for the everyman. I mean, obviously Tesla still makes luxury cars. You know, they're not uh, Toyota Corolla affordable yet, but that's their goal. They're not, they're, they aren't a Lamborghini or Ferrari whose point is to offer exclusivity and a car that's like, hey, look at me, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ford would not come out with like something like that. If they did, it would be positioned as a performance car and they're making 500 of them and, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I I think it's so cool. Like, I, I mean, I think, yeah, we were both watching the Tesla Model 3 unveiling and I put down, I think it was a $1,000 deposit back then. And my excitement for that thing just kind of, I was excited for an affordable electric vehicle, but like I've never been that excited about a sedan. Like I'd rather have, like I literally remember having the thought with myself, like when I want to drop 30, 40 grand, would I rather have this Tesla four-door or would I rather have something like a Porsche? I literally like remember having this conversation with a friend and funny enough, I bought a Cayman now <laughs> instead of like a Tesla three. Yeah. But yeah, I put a, a deposit down as well because like I would love a truck where Jamie and I are going to have plenty of house projects we want to do where like a truck will be handy and useful and great for just like a daily driver. I'm way more excited about that thing than just like a four-door electric car from from Tesla just because yeah. it's so weird looking. The other thing that I like about its aesthetic is it isn't just some arbitrary direction that they went in. Apparently, it's a factor of the material that they're using for the like the, the, the SpaceX, you know, metal, steel, whatever it is they're using. Because it's like this crazy new material that's like super strong and goes into space, it's just really hard to to mold into like those those sort of curves that we're accustomed to. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just like, oh, let's just do this arbitrary thing and go in this arbitrary direction. It's like, okay, let's use this arguably superior material and then kind of, like there's, there's a justification for it outside of it just looking fucking awesome. Like it's the reason why they sort of ended up there, which I really like. So yeah, I love it. Love that we're living in this timeline. I love that that's the thing that we can buy. And yeah, I guess I'll, we'll see if I actually follow through and buy one. But right now I'm, I'm hyped about it. Yeah, it's cool. Like the, I mean, the, the window debacle that happened, like I, honestly, I think it's funny and I'm all about the memes around it. And like, I don't really care if the windows are bulletproof, you know, like I don't live in like drug Lord, you know, central somewhere where I'm worried about getting like shot up driving down the road. Like I just want it to be an electric vehicle. that's fast and can do all these like the, the truck bed and that it can like push up the front and the air suspension and pull down the back to make the ramp that much more smoother going up. Like that is very cool. Like that was mm. a really interesting element. I do think the like like I said, I don't care about the windows, but the body panel stuff I think is pretty interesting. The one thing I'm worried about is like what'll it cost if you get into an accident or like a fender bender? If it's just like, oh, mm. yep, yeah, it's totaled, gotta like replace all the sheets. It's it's one piece or you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm all about this future. This is yeah, I, I want more cars and things going down this path. Yeah, same. Which uh, which one did you reserve? There's those three options. Oh, I didn't even. I don't know. Probably the cheapest one. Yeah, I I think I did as well. Actually, I don't know if you could choose at that point. I know there'd be yeah, like I'm the not, three, I'm but not, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
So it depends how well things are going in a couple of years, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The effect of which one I end up buying, yeah. if, if any. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I've had something on my list that I've like literally just kept forgetting to ask you each episode. Um, so Airbnb going public next year. Curious like how you feel about it. And I mean, for, for context, you for those that don't know, you're... Last company before Need Want was Daily Booth, which uh, was acquired by Airbnb. So, in a roundabout way, you have, I mean, you do, it's not roundabout, but you do have stock in uh, Airbnb, right? Yeah, it's roundabout because it's, uh, I don't own Airbnb stock directly. I own Daily Booth stock, and Daily Booth, the entity, owns the Airbnb stock. That's, That's what's right. a bit roundabout. Yeah. So, um, do you do you give any like I think I know the answer to this and I'm asking you because I think it's interesting but do you give any like do you pay attention to this at all do you, do you like use it as any sort of like counting your your uh ducks or you kind of just like try to forget about it yeah the basically just trying to forget about it like I I, I think I don't know like, the reason why it's I probably it would be very different I think if I actually owned Airbnb stock directly and I knew roughly what they'd it would be worth and like I had some confidence that was actually going to happen. The reason why it's so sort of murky and gray. So obviously it was, it was a AccuHire. So it wasn't exactly like a huge outcome. The only reason why we're, there's any potential for any sort of like upside at all is because since we got AccuHired, Airbnb has like, God, I don't know, doubled in value like many times since then. So the stock that we had at the time was probably like a loss for the investors. And obviously the way that the the the, the funding is, is structured, that basically like every investor gets paid back the money they invested first. And then that's when like every, every other shareholder, like things start to kick in. So the reason why it's kind of murky is I don't know, one, how much equity I have anymore. Two, like, like I just don't know any of the specifics. I don't know any of the specifics. It could be... It could be something like, oh, I get like a few hundred bucks, or it could be something like way, way more than that. So that's why I'm just like not even like thinking about it, not really factoring it in. I haven't really been following it super closely. Yeah, sounds like it's going to happen like sometime next year, maybe, but I, I have no idea. Apparently, a couple of people I've talked to that used to work there, um, <laughs> like that, apparently that's kind of like the joke internally. It's like, oh, yeah, we're always like a couple of years away from going public. So we'll see if it even happens. I don't know. Yeah, especially on the heels of all this WeWork stuff. But apparently, like, they've acknowledged the WeWork stuff and they're still, the last article I was able to find, I think was either September or November or something like that this year. And uh, Brian Chesky was still saying, like, yeah, we've learned, you know, from the WeWork thing and we're still playing to you sometime in 2020. But Mm. yeah, I think that's quite interesting, though. Like, I mean, it makes sense because it's so convoluted, but I mean, I do know you in that I saw the other day. I I just happened to see this. So you, I think you do a really good job of just like focusing on what you can control of what you're like tackling the present and not worrying about things that are outside of your control that like still will affect you monetarily, but like you just, it'll it will drive you crazy checking it. And my example is Peel. Like, I was adding a user <laughs> account the other day or updating or removing one. 
and it shows like last login next to everyone. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like I forget what it was, but you hadn't looked at Peel stats in like ages. Yeah. And I just thought that was so impressive because I mean, <laughs> like that's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, dude. After I left, I was like, I haven't looked at it since I left. Yeah. I had and also had no desire to either. Because for those same reasons, like it, you sort of touched on it. Like, I can't really control it. Like, I know you're doing a good job running it. Like, and then, yeah, it's like, it's just nice to get the dividend emails every so often. Yeah. Every, everything's a bonus then. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's super wise and something that I, uh, I'm i impressed by because I, I'm well aware of everything going on, even with the things that, like, are so far outside of my control. Like, I would have had that calculation figured out on, like, mm. how my Airbnb stock... But, like there's no, it's not going to change anything, me knowing that. It's just how I'm wired of like, I just would have mm. to know. But I wish, I mean, I, it's possible I can, you know, change my behavior. But yeah, you're way better at that kind of stuff than I am, which bravo. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, That's funny, dude. I never even thought about that. It's funny that it even tracks and displays that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it like, I don't know, two months ago or something. I, I forgot to mention it. But yeah, really interesting. Um, how, uh, how are you feeling about stopwatch and like launch plans and everything? Pretty good. The, the, currently what we're doing is we're, we're just like crunch mode, trying to get out a really solid build by Christmas. Yeah. So we can like use Christmas and the holidays as like a, like a good content generation experiment. Um, trying to do some stuff around new years. Simon's working on this thing right now. Basically it's like a really simple push notification system so we can like ping people. Um, not something we plan to do basically ever, but just whilst we're in this testing phase, we're trying to kind of like really force, you know, some overlapping behaviors. So we're going to try and do some stuff around New Year's, which I think will be pretty interesting. Mm. Um, basically just try and like get as many people to record the actual like countdown and first few seconds of the new year. Um, and then just like, like, well, there's like a whole screen where you can like actually like browse this stuff. And I just think it'll be really cool to actually like, have a use case, a really interesting, good use case like this, like watching New Year's roll in around the world. Um, and yeah, just be able to like scroll through time and just sort of see, I think that's going to be really cool. So nice. that should be, should be interesting. Cool. Yeah. It's, I hadn't been in it in like a week, but I, I popped in again uh, this morning when I was getting ready for the podcast. And yeah, every time it feels a little more polished and ready to go. Dude, get this. I, that actually reminds me of like a kind of a funny thing that happened earlier this week. So like, like I said, the big focus has just been getting out like a really solid, good build that we feel confident in like, like inviting a few more people, which by the way, been saying this in a few podcasts now, but if you're interested in testing us, testing this out over the holidays, please get in contact and like, give me a DM on Twitter or something and I'll, I'll invite you. Um, but yeah. Um, so the, 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 the thing we're getting stuck on was we, we kept having these, like mysterious crashes and we were like debugging it for like a while. And it was like the most frustrating thing because for a while, like basically anytime you posted anything or anytime you received like a comment or a reply, it would crash. So it's like pretty horrible experience, like pretty, like, <laughs> like not something I wanted to like push out to people because their experience is going to be, Oh, okay. I received, Oh, it's crashed. Or, Oh, I've just put, Oh, it's crap. Like it's just, yeah. it was horrible. And we were like, okay, like, how do we fix this? Like, is this something that's like, 
is this because it was it was happening everywhere too, which was a bit worrying because it was like is this like how like what is this bug you know? So really like trying to figure out what's going on. We installed this. Um, we actually had this installed for a while. It's like some kind of uh, crash reporting framework that basically anytime someone gets a crash, they get prompted like, oh, we just saw you got a crash. Can you send the crash report to the developers? And that just helps us debug it. Um, so that was happening. And every time I was like, oh, every time I was seeing this, this, this annoying pop-up and I was like sending it through and like the crash reports weren't actually that helpful and it was still really kind of hard to figure out what's going on. Anyway, we finally figured it out. It turns out it was the crash reporting framework that was causing the crashes. Oh no! So that was that was an interesting. Like I was equal parts like, oh my fucking god! Like that is so like annoying, and also I'm so happy that we've like figured out what the issue was. Yeah, because it was just like you just rip out like this this like you know couple of lines like calling it and then everything just works perfectly again. So was their software corrupt or like the way it was like, what was it ultimately? Um, I don't actually know. Just, just I think it's sort of, of still TBD. Good yeah. Job. Like we, we ripped it out and it's, it works perfectly now. So I, I mean, this is like a well-known crash reporting tool that I'm sure many people use. So I suspect it's more likely to do with our implementation than um, the actual framework itself. But yeah, still ripping it out just fixed everything completely. So that was a relief. That nice. happened like a couple of days ago. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, if you want, you want to check it out, DM me. The the uh, like it's all started really coming together now. Like the onboarding video will be in the onboarding when you sign up. We have like this really nice like boot animation that we dropped in. Like the actual like core sort of user flow like going through the timeline everything's like working pretty well now so it's like now it's like actually getting to the point where we can really start like throwing some some people at it onboarding more people and, and wait the yeah, onboarding video is is part of the flow if you sign up don't look at it now because we're gonna update it like later today or maybe tomorrow but yeah basically the next build that goes out if you just log out and log back in again, you'll you'll go through the whole flow. It's, it's pretty cool. Sweet. Wait, is this yep. the video that NATO filmed? Yep. Oh, oh man. man. Dude, please send it to me. I, I've been like just dying to see this thing. <laughs> I will. Wait like an extra day or maybe okay. two days. Okay. There's because okay. cause the version that's in there, it had like we were rushing to get it out, you know, so we we didn't want to be blocked on it any any more than we had to be. Um so we basically like threw the rough cut in there. So it had like the wrong audio, the wrong voiceover the wrong coloring, but it was still like essentially the same thing. Like you people got the same information out of it. It just wasn't like true to the vision that we had, but the next version is like colored. It has this custom composed track in the background and it has this uh, updated voiceover. So I think it's, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot better now. I think, I think it came together. It's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see like, I know the concept I've seen like behind the scenes photos and what, you know, the vibe of it, but I just can't wait to see the actual video. It should be good. Cool. Well, when you see it, let me, let me know what you think. Yeah. I'm curious. So, um, minimums, I kind of told you about the project I'm working on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forget if I had, uh, had already been working with the designer that I hired last time we talked about it or did I just, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, um, Webflow. So we're building it in Webflow which is like a really, really powerful website builder. Like, I mean, it's just totally unfair to compare it to anything like a Wix or a Squarespace or anything. It's like full control. Like, 
the way you modify CSS and HTML and all that, like it functions the same way, just that much more visual and you can effectively do anything with it. Well, the designer that I'm working with, uh, his name's uh, Caleb Barclay. He is a freelance designer and his uh, most recent project is a site called Dwellito, which is a place to basically look for tiny homes and like, you know, filter around by space and size and cost to build and all that. Um, and he built that in Webflow. And that's essentially why I reached out to him specifically because I liked his design, but also that like he had done something in the ballpark, like what how I imagine minimums. Dude, it's so fast. Like he, I think three, maybe four days, uh, like eight hour days were spent in the kind of the design, getting all the pages and, you know, brand styling together. And then like the fourth or fifth day, just in that one day, it was, I mean, it was still rough, but like the whole thing was there and like built and implemented. It's so fast. Like really, really impressed by it. I mean, and him, part of it is just, he knows what he's doing, but yeah, it's so quite cool. How, how does like, is he still writing code or like, how do, how do you get logic into this thing? Like, how does that work? So, I mean, you can't build like a, a, a web app with it. It's strictly like right now. Uh, I mean, you can have a, you can do a bit like you can hack together as far as the web app side of things. Like you can use something like a memberful, I think is what it's called. And uh, like hide content behind a login or like, tag selections to like something, but it, it's really right now built for like front facing marketing websites. They do have an e-commerce uh, kind of side of things. Like you could build Peel's site and functionality in it as well. Huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm, you know, me, you're way more technical than I am uh, when it comes to just web technologies. But uh, I mean, I've filled with the back end. Like, I understand a bit on, you know, margin and padding and all these things. Like, it's it's all just visual. Like, instead of having values written in code, like, it, it's outputting code that you could copy um, and, you know, have the same site spit out on a server from what you're modifying with Webflow. But, you know, the values and just keeping it in Webflow as well so you can, yeah. you know, change it in the future and, and whatnot. Um but yeah, like, you know, you drag in an image, you can write, you know, the HTML headline and all that, but then modifying it, how it should, you know, uh, break at different screen sizes, the padding here and there, like all that stuff is just this toggle on the side for every last thing that, you know, you need to be able to control in styling a website. I should, I should definitely check this out. So let me ask you this. If, if, if we're doing need one again today, like mm-hmm. simple website displaying our company's blog type functionality. Would you want to use this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so this is the future then. This is like, you'll use this for everything going forward probably. Yeah. Unless, um, unless there's a really good reason to use something else. Like Do you use Shopify. Yeah. If it was an e-commerce exactly. Yeah. That was going to be my example is just cause like Shopify has so many like the, I think Webflow would be wonderful for the front end of things of like, you know, I want to change this little feature section and like, it's pretty hacky with Shopify, like editing copy or whatever. Um, whereas like, it's, it'd be totally visual with Webflow. Huh. 
But all the backend stuff, you know, Shopify has such a huge ecosystem of apps and plugins and themes and, you know, all that. There's still so much value to stick with with them. But yeah, yeah. definitely for like a content site, a marketing site. Um, yeah, it, I think the question comes in if you, you know, it's connecting it with like a web app or something like that. There may be better ways to go. But yeah, definitely like the need want website and the blog. If Honestly, I would love to redo them because uh, they're super outdated or, or it's super outdated right now. And yeah, yeah do it in Webflow. That's cool, man. Well, when do you think it's going to be live minimums? When can we check it out? Um, so I'll probably, well, I will definitely just first launch with um, kind of the free side of things, which is essentially a curated list of different tools and service providers for you know the different aspects of making physical products. Like I've, I've basically got a, an Airtable database that have been populating um, that oh, cool. I'll clean up and make sure there's you know a good amount in each category. Um, but yeah, I mean that'll be kind of the free side of it of just like curating some of these tools and you know photographers and fulfillment companies and, and whatever. Um, I think that side of things will be interesting and honestly just personally useful of like when I come across good ones, saying them for the future. Um, but yeah, the the kind of education content side of it, um, that'll take me a bit to, to put together. Like I've thoroughly outlined everything. I really just need to like record it and figure out kind of how I want to present it into a, a course. I mean, it'll definitely be like slides, me talking over them, maybe a video of me in the, in the side, um, you know, talking with audio, but yeah, just going through it and explaining to someone uh, how you you know take an idea or a rough prototype and contact factories and figure out packaging and how to get from overseas here and where to fulfill from and then the business side of it with like you know the numbers you should hit and everything. If you need any sort of insanely sick drone footage for any of this, <laughs> let me let me know. Let me know. We'll do. I honestly, I'll have that in the back of my mind. Maybe, 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 <laughs> just, maybe some yeah, little intro some somewhere. funny stuff you could do. Yeah. yeah, just like totally, like, why is there a drone here? Like, it can just be like, like, I don't know, like it can end like, all right, guys, and that's how you make a physical product. And then it just like flies out the window and just like zooms up in the air or yeah. something. All super, superimpose just, my head on like the drone or something and just like fly away. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. Uh, on that note though, I, a big part I've had fun with is working with an illustrator to make little illustration, like editorial style illustrations uh, for various aspects of it. Just kind of to give it a little bit more life mm. to it. It's been, yeah, it's been fun, like browsing through illustrators and kind of honing in on a style and, and all of that. That's cool. Yeah, I found someone I really like. Cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you kind of the the build of it. And then once it's live, I'll obviously plug it and give people a link for it. But yeah. Sweet. Cool. Cool, man. I have one quick thing and then I'm that's it. I'm done. Sure. So it's this thing I, I found. Um, just want to like not affiliate in any way. I just think it's really cool, really, really interesting. Um, it's called Kong Cash. Have you heard of this? Say it again. Kong Cash. K-O-N-G-C-A-S-H. Kong no, Cash. haven't heard anything about this. Okay, cool. So here's what it is. It's, uh, I think it's a YC company, but don't hold me to that. I think I, or maybe I saw it launch on uh, Hacker News. 
<laughs> Maybe that was irrelevant. But anyway, it's called Comcast. It's a, it's a cryptocurrency that takes the form of physical cash. Okay? Okay. So here's how they position... I think they, 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 they like nailed everything here, I feel like. This is like such a good idea, I think. So here's how they position it. So technically, I think the way that it works is like each... Like it looks like a... They've designed their own cash, essentially. They've designed their own money. There's some like cool tech in there that somehow like every piece of cash, there's like some kind of like address which is linked to something on the server which has been mined. Like it it works the same way cryptocurrency does, but basically like you get a physical representation of it in cash. So here's what they say on the website. Apparently half of all transactions still are done with cash. Whoa. Like, which is that mind-blowing statistic, yeah, right? Um, interesting stuff. They say like everyone understands how to use cash, right? Like I give you cash, you have the cash now. Like then you spend the cash. It's very simple. But not everyone understands how to use crypto, right? Like right now it's like, okay, here's this complicated explanation for how it all works. Like here's a list of like weird websites. Some of them might scam you. Some of them might not. Some of them are going to get hacked. Like entering all your bank information, wait a few days, like find the, you know, two deposits, whatever those numbers are, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's, it's a bit intimidating for anyone who isn't like super into that world or like super technically inclined or whatever. Think about the, the onboarding flow for Concash. I just, I just give you, I just give some to you. There you go. You're a user now. You don't need any account. You don't need any technical knowledge. You just need to hold out your hand and clasp the cash. And then you're a user of the cash. Isn't that interesting? I think that's so interesting. So I'm um, on their website. Uh, like, obviously, it's going to look different than a US dollar. It, it has to, legally, yeah. of course. Um, They've done a really good job, I think, of the design of it. I think yeah, the design is pretty cool. Yeah, the, the one that's waving on their website. It, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But they still run into the issue of, like, I have to be educated on it. Whether or not, like, I've gone through a sign-up flow, you know, yeah, I can be a user, but, like, I have to accept that, like, this is real. You're not just like handing me monopoly money. You know what I mean? Like, sure. We're like Craigslist doing a deal and you hand me this. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like get lost, you know? Right. Right. It, it is interesting though. Uh, the fact that, yeah, half of all, I would just be like, Oh, I'm gonna write this off. Cause the world's going to digital, uh, yeah, totally. credit card stuff. It's a good, it's a, it's a good sort of like Trojan horse to like get people on it. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course you can do all sorts of like digital stuff on the back end of it, but it's a nice little Trojan horse. The other thing that's really, this I think makes it like way more interesting. So, you know, it's launched maybe a week ago. I, all I did was put my email address in a couple of days ago. I got an invite being like, oh yeah, we just sent out like first few batches of invites. Like here's a link to the store. They're using Shopify and they haven't edited their order ID. So I went through the flow and I and I ordered like, you know, the, the, basically you can order it in, in, there's like three different levels, I think. There's like like a 50 buck level where you spend 50 bucks of real money and then they send you like a few different denominations of Comcash. And then there's like, you know, like a $250 level one and then a $500 level one. So, um, so you bought, you place an order for like 50 Comcash with $50. That's like, you know, one to one value and you spend $50 and they process it via Shopify with the credit card yeah. fees and lose yeah, like three percent. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I spent more than I think I spent like two hundred bucks on it or something. Yeah. But my order ID was I was the sixty first person to order anything. Whoa. So just just think about if this does get any kind of traction, 
if you, anyone listening to this, like right now, like goes into your email address and then orders some when they open it up, which I'm sure will be quite soon. It, it, I mean, there's at least a chance that it will, it will, uh, you know, go up in value, let's say. Um, cause I think the idea is really cool and it's like, there's a, there's a, you know, an opportunity to actually be an early adopter with it. So something, something to consider. And the uh, website is Kong, I think it's Kong.cash if you want to check it out. Yep. Yeah, it is. It if I were handed this, I would think it's like Japanese or Chinese money or something, just based on the name Kong and then it mm. well they actually they literally have like I don't know what language it is, but there's foreign characters on it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's probably the they're like thinking about it as like a yeah. Because you, you've got to think that something like that probably will make more sense in like dude, developing yeah. economies, well, you know? Dude, China is just so advanced when it comes to, I mean, I think so is like South Korea and, and uh, probably Japan as well. But in China, I mean, that's where I've spent more time than the others. Uh, everything. Like, it's not like, oh, do you guys take Apple Pay? Can I pay with Apple Pay? Like, you know, and it's this ordeal still like everyone the default is paying with uh qr code in i think wechat yeah no wechat yeah. no life as they're saying <laughs> i was trying to think it was whatsapp or, or wechat uh like that's the norm like you're weird if you're like pulling out cash almost yeah that's interesting yeah which i mean obviously they're, they're going the cash route with this but as far as just payments go though yeah this the whole space is so interesting because it's so fragmented. Like it's, I think everyone can agree if they fully understand crypto, they're like, yeah, this is better. But yeah. the buy-in and like getting everyone to like start using it and then to like choose which one is going to be like the useful one. Uh, I don't know. It's just such a weird fragmented space right now. Yeah. Of like, should I use Bitcoin? Should I use Ethereum? Should, you know, will anyone take this? It's exciting, but it's also like such a wild, wild west right now. Yeah. Well, how, how do you think it's going to play out? You think there's going to be like one winner? Do you think the likelihood that like all this just is a failure and we go back, we just like improve what we already have with the banking systems? Like, well, if, what do you think? What, what do you yeah, think? It, it plays I, I mean, out? I guess. I think the level of fragmentation that there already is seems unsustainable. Like, it seems like there should be some form of consolidation, you know, like, I don't know what that ends up looking like. Like, maybe there's, like, the equivalent of gold, silver, and bronze or something. Mm -hmm. But in the crypto world, like, Bitcoin, you know, <laughs> Litecoin, and then something else. But, dude, I have no idea. I don't really know much about this this whole world. I just thought the idea of, of owning, like, some of the first first-run form of a physical cryptocurrency is, is something that's just like a cool a cool artifact to own even if it doesn't like blow up and become this huge thing it's still like i don't know i'll probably like frame mine and like put them on my wall or something just because it's such an interesting project yeah 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 it's like you almost need the government to to tell you like okay this it's gonna be ethereum or you know it's gonna be yeah. bit, like but that's oh, the dude. value of cryptocurrency is it's decentralized like there's no governing body so that's an know. interesting that's an interesting sort of vector right like maybe that is where these things trend like maybe some country says okay we're just gonna do a cryptocurrency now and then obviously there's inherent value if a country starts doing it like that then just becomes essentially the same as regular money yeah i think estonia um, 
is doing it. They're super advanced and I'm pretty sure they have their own. Yeah, maybe it's just inevitable that all money will go in this direction and every country will have their own. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. That 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 seems like a plausible way this might play out. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you. The, uh, the sinkhole fiasco behind the building, I think I told you last time we found that cheaper way around everything. I don't know if yeah. we had done it since when we had talked last, but it went through, it worked. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. I, I don't know if like they're going to film, they're going to like send their little robot down there and like show it's all like good. Um, but the other thing is then they had to fill the sinkhole like separate to our drain. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, the big variable there was, so there's a sinkhole that no one knows how deep it is. It's the earth. So like, you know, could be really <laughs> deep. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh my God. The way it was like point or uh yeah, it was framed was just like, okay, we're gonna budget for two whole they're called it's called flowable fill that they put into it that like expands to like fill these gaps. Mm. They're like, we're gonna budget for two trucks. Each truck costs three thousand dollars if we like use the whole whether or not you use like an ounce or the whole truck, like it just costs you the three grand. But that was the big variable, is like Oh man, he's like, I have no idea how many it'll take. Like, it could be one, it could be a ton. We're just gonna budget for two in our quote. Oh my god! I like, you know, it being the earth and like it just going forever. Like, that was the other thing I was I was worried about after they had gotten that. Luckily, it only took one truck. Is, is okay. the answer? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like that's imagining. How they, that's how they get you. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> the size of the earth. Oh, I didn't factor in that the earth is big. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. That's, how do people, how do people like make decisions if this is the kind of context? Like, yeah, we don't know if it's going to be one truck or like an unlimited number of trucks. What do we, what do you do if it's like, okay, it's been 10 trucks, dude. And like, we still can't even see the bottom. Like, what do we do? Like, that's uh, wild. Yeah. I don't know. We, we put a plate over it and call it a day. I think that's what that's we what do. I was going to say. Yeah. That seems like, just put a bit of wood down there. Like put, I don't know, just figure out a different way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose that's what causes the sinkhole. That's what, that's the kind of thing that causes the sinkhole in the first place. So maybe yeah. don't, maybe don't listen to that. Dude, that was the city's solution. Like the guys doing the work were like, Hey, like who put this metal plate here? Like, who do we need to contact to like, tell them we're, we're taking it off. And it's, uh, it's MSD, which is like Missouri something organization. But basically, yeah, they put like, it, it almost looks like a, a stop sign or like a yield sign just flips it upside down, like face down yeah. with with concrete, like lining it. But I'm talking like a mound of concrete, like uh, blacktop. So there's like this yeah. circular speed bump looking thing around. Like it's the most shoddy job ever. It's horrible. So. Dude, it's, it's, it's really interesting sort of getting a sort of glimpse into that kind of thing. Because after learning about like, what it could have potentially cost, like yeah. all these things that could have gone wrong. Like, it's no wonder to me that like the city is like, oh my God, I don't want to go anywhere near this. Because you've got to think they have like, they have stuff that they want to spend money on and like the sinkhole behind our building is probably not one of them. There's like strong incentive there just to be like, oh, it's just kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Like put a little metal plate over it and just sort of hope, hope this problem goes away. <sighs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Yep. So luckily we haven't like gotten the final invoice, but I'm expecting it to go down $3,000. So that's good. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, that's all I got. Cool. Me too. Um, have a good Christmas. Yeah, you too. And holiday. I guess next one will probably be next next year, next decade. 2020. I'll be 30 years old. Two guys in their 30s. Wow. I'll be there with you. <laughs> Sorry, there's, an office, there's an office joke in there somewhere like Ricky Gervais in the UK office always makes this joke like he's obviously like maybe 39 you know like that's sort of his character's 39 so every time it comes up that like someone's you know someone's 30 we're like yeah we're both in our 30s is the fact technically um, yeah. yep I'll be there all right. Yeah, I'll let you know when I'm headed up to St. Louis. I know it's going to be soon because I, I got to go get my stuff out of the building. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Is it before the holidays or? No, after? it'll be after, but we can, okay. uh, you can have some time to set up your pod race setup and I'll come play with your toys. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Come on. All right. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye.